It's Courage, the Cowardly Dog Show. With Courage, the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> Welcome to Scary Pair, the horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nine. Sydney Breyer is, is alive. alive. Opal. Uh, this week we watched Pontypool uh, from shit, uh, 2009? It, it, says, it says 2008 and 2009, so it's one of those. Weird. Uh, directed by Bruce McDonald, uh, adapted from a Tony Burgess novel that he also he wrote this movie. Um... Starring Stephen McCaddy, Lisa Hewell, and Georgina Riley. But before we get into that, Opal, what have we been up to this week? Well, Succession ended. Ugh. We won't spoil Succession for people, however. No, it, I, I really liked it as an ending, though. I love shows when they end. I love when they have an ending. And I love when shows end. Well, and I love when the ending is on purpose. <laughs> yes, I thought I thought this ending was very appropriate for the show. That's all I'll say. Yeah, if you if you read any uh, fun theory online, there is a character named for a very specific baseball star, <laughs> which is very funny. That yeah. everyone's theory ended up being correct about it. That, that's very funny. But I I love shit like that. Yeah. Um... We enjoyed we enjoyed uh, the show. We were kind of like latecomers to Succession, but we caught up just in time to get the finale when it came out. Yeah, I, I liked the ending. I thought it made a lot of sense, and uh, I think I was right in the end. I agree. I won't say anything more than that. <laughs> uh, what else have we been doing? We watched uh, John Wick Four. We did watch John Wick Four. That is a long ass movie. It is a super long movie. Uh, I thought I, they were going to be in Japan longer. Also, I. They were in Paris way longer than they were in Japan. I know, I know. I love that it's like a globe-trotting thing, but I was really excited for like the Osaka setting with Rina Sawayama. And she was pretty cool too. She was good with like the stunt stuff. She could have been in the movie more though. She could have been. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh I enjoyed it. I think specifically the first like 2 minutes are really good. Yeah. He kills a lot of people <laughs> to the point where it's like okay this is getting silly <laughs> like, towards the end i did i did like the the like comedy element to it in this yeah, one yeah um good good movie where they find a bunch of stairs just so you can fall down them like three times i have to make you watch kung fu hustle yeah uh you you will like that movie yeah i mean i believe you yeah um just a uh a, a a uh, fighting movie that is also a comedy. I mean, a lot of them are. Yeah. Um, and then we also did uh, Texas Chainsaw Part 2. Part 2. I loved it. I loved it, too. I uh, <laughs> I didn't know really what to expect from uh, Texas Chainsaw Part 2. All I knew was that it was completely different from it Part 1. It is completely different. <laughs> Um, weird that we watched two movies this week about, like, a local radio, radio station. Radio people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I love that shit, so. Music is my life! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, super, super fun movie. I think, uh, 
I think it would be a fun rewatch as well. Yeah, it definitely would be. I It's hard to beat the first one for me because I think like that tonally is kind of my favorite. Mm. I kind of like the style of the first one where it is like, it's more implied violence than anything. Because that movie doesn't actually have like a lot of blood and gore in it at all. Um, it's, it's mostly like off screen or implied, I think. But. Um, but the the second one <laughs> goes all the way in the other direction. It shows you everything yeah. that happens to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, getting it all on screen. There's like a wall that uh, gushes a river of blood. Yeah. It's very good. And it, it took the funniest scene from the first one, which is the grandpa holding the hammer scene, the dinner scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, it takes that and it yeah. makes it a full movie, it, which it is ran with it, yeah. great. I, I support that. Yeah. If you want to just make a completely different movie for your sequel. Like, that's always fun to me. I, I like both of them for, like, different reasons. And I thought they're, I think they're both, like, very good movies. Yeah. Uh, and I was pleasantly surprised by Texas Chainsaw Part 2. Because I didn't really know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't know if I need Leatherface getting horny, though. No, I didn't love that. That's a little weird. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't love that, I gotta say. Uh, I thought, like, they just did a bit too much of it. Definitely. I mean, those shorts, though. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, should we just get into our fucking movie? Let's go to Canada again. <laughs> again! Um, so yeah, this is Pontypool. Pontypool. Um, yeah, uh, we're both fans of this one. We've seen this one before. I've um, seen it a few times. Yeah. Yeah, I, I show people this movie unprompted. Uh, because it is, like, a Canadian low-budget horror movie, there was, like, not a ton of production research that I could get into. No, I couldn't find much either. But um, it, It's a bit of a Canadian classic, I would say. Uh, it's Pontypool is a real village in rural Ontario. Yes. Um, and it's the setting for a bunch of um, Tony Burgess's novels, mm-hmm. like rural Ontario in general. Um, he, he's like a sci-fi-ish writer. Um, this one in particular is inspired by War of the Worlds, specifically yeah, like... you could definitely tell. Like the, the radio show at the end of the world is very much the basis for the movie. Specifically like the phenomenon around the Orson Welles uh, uh, radio play, yeah, yeah. Is, is like uh, an inspiration for it. Um, I guess the only uh, kind of interesting bit of research I did on it was around the main actor, Stephen McHattie. He's really good in this. I think he's really good, too. I think he makes the movie for me. Yeah, um, he's a pretty accomplished actor. Um, he's one of those guys that's, like, played one-off characters in a million in a TV bunch shows. Of stuff, yeah. So he's been in, like, an episode of Law & Order, an episode of The Twilight Zone. He's been in The X-Files. He's been in Seinfeld. Apparently... He has a really iconic character in a Deep Space Nine episode. I wouldn't know anything about I, that. I, the The research suggested if you're a big DS Nine fan, you know him and like the the character he plays for like one episode. It's like I is like a big episode. I do not. I don't either. I'm um, that zombie. <laughs> um, and you know he's like an unnamed character in like 300, and he's like a random guy in Watchmen and stuff like that. So. He's been in see, movies. I want to see if you can find him in 300. <laughs> For real. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I guess like the premise for this one is like a local radio station uh, 
does their morning show as the world ends around them, basically. Yeah. Um, it's good. Sorry, did it, has anyone ever told you that your headphone logo looks like a pentagram? No, but that makes sense. I could see you thinking that. What it if I what if I did like have pentagram headphones like, though? Yeah. The head of Baphomet. My desk is cleaner, so you can actually look at my various accessories and peripher- per- peripherals. Yeah, sorry, I got distracted. Profiteroles. Um, yeah, uh, do, you, do you have any more uh, pr- primble before we get into the... I don't think so. I, I did think it was funny that the author is in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's just like a random guy in the movie. He's, he's... He looks very out of place in the scene that he's in. Well, everyone does. That's <laughs> kind of true. the point. But That's I. Right. I do like this movie because it's one of those that, like, I don't know. It feels like it could be a serious movie, but the more you watch it, the funnier it actually is. Oh, yeah, it <laughs> like is it, funny. it is kind of just a comedic movie at the end of the day, too. It has a really good, like, comedic timing to it, despite, yeah, being, like, I would say overall pretty serious. Uh, and I think a lot of it is in the performance. Like, I think McCaddy's character is, in particular, really funny. Yeah. All right. Let's fucking go. Let's get into it. Let's, let's go. Let's go to Pontypool. Mrs. French's cat is missing. The signs are posted all over town. Pontypool. What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> uh, uh, Honey the cat. In the wake of huge events, physical details spasm and then come back into focus. But weirdly, something's going to happen. Something's always about to happen that's right <laughs> that's how nostradamus covered all his bases that's right uh, so we we open on grant mazzy who's like a local shock jock mazzy in the morning mazzy in the morning did you ever listen to morning radio at all uh yeah because when i was into sports i listened to a lot of that type of stuff yeah we we had a local one that was uh north carolina he, he was murphy in the morning <laughs> murphy in the morning they, they got taken down after a guy won tickets and said fuck on the air <laughs> <laughs> wow okay <laughs> that fucking sucks uh yeah he's um driving into work in a blizzard and uh arguing with his agent over the phone because he's stuck in this fucking dead end yeah uh, you know, French Canadian town doing a morning show. Um, uh, he's an interesting, like, I would say he has like a character design. He, well, he's, he's kind of meant to be like this, like Howard Sternish guy almost, yes. right? Like, uh, like a hard ass that like asks tough questions that you can't help but like a little bit. Yeah. And he's got like a cowboy hat and he like. Because, yeah, he's got to look. Because he's got to wear his cowboy hat all the time. He wears, like, his headphones in the booth, like, under his chin uh, so that he doesn't have to take his hat yeah. off. And he's got, like, a leather jacket. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a persona for Local sure. Local celebrity. <laughs> for sure. Uh, while he stopped at a light, a woman bangs on his window, repeating something, uh, but then she disappears. Yeah, she disappears into the mist, like the mist. Yeah. Um... But yeah, he's doing dead-end morning radio, uh, calling out birthdays from the local elementary school. Uh, we, we you know, figure out that that um, kind of like monologue spiel at the beginning about a missing cat was him just riffing. He has an irony segment yeah. about things that are ironic. Yeah. Which, I don't know if I would want to listen to that. 
I don't know if you want to be listening to this guy's show. I don't know. He okay. The background he is he keeps saying that he got fired from his bigger job. Yeah. But when do guys like this get fired? <laughs> when someone says "fuck" on the air. I think he said a slur. I would believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he says a uh, uh, good morning to Laurel Ann, who is like his his uh, sound booth tech. Uh, and they're like, let's make radio as they get ready for their morning shift. He has some whiskey in his morning coffee. I, I wouldn't want to listen to anyone in the morning who wasn't drinking. <laughs> for sure. Uh, all right, I, I, I got a bit here. Radio 660, the beacon. Down here in the dungeon. On the street they call drum. I'll be banging the drum all morning. I'm Grant Mazzy and I'm taking no prisoners. Yeah, a bit, <laughs> a bit too much for like the local morning radio. For like happy birthday to the local elementary school kids. We're gonna we're gonna talk about <laughs> school closures and obituaries. Yeah. Uh, uh, he asks his listeners, "When do you call nine one one? Think about it." He's starting a segment. He's trying yeah. to make segments happen. Um, his producer Sydney arrives to rib him and Laurel Ann a bit. Um, there's a cold weather front, so they throw it a Ken Loney in the Sunshine Chopper. Yeah, Ken. For the weather. <laughs> the Sunshine um, Chopper. Which gets funnier every time you see the movie. Every time. The Sunshine Chopper does. I, I think of Ken. Uh, at one point, Grant goes on a bit of a rage about local drug dealers, and Sydney cuts him off the air. Yeah. Uh, he's like, hey, you gotta piss a few people off to get regular listeners. And she's like, hey, I don't really care for your whole shock jock shtick. Just focus on telling the fucking news. Yeah, how many listeners do yeah, you have? Yeah, the the local families want to know what schools are closed because of the blizzard. Um, Grant tells the audience about his strange encounter with the woman that morning. And he asks the listeners to call in and tell him... What should he do? Should he have called 911? Should he have gone after her? I mean, do you want to hear opinions about that, though? Because... <laughs> <laughs> From the local people? No. No. I mean, I think he's just trying to get his listeners engaged, and he has a very, like, set idea about who he is as a radio personality and how things are done. And he's just trying to do that in a very, like, in a way that is, like, not appropriate for the job he has. I mean, the answer is always no. You never call 911 about anything. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um, Laurel Ann fields a weird caller uh, and finds out about a hostage situation on the local police radio. Uh, while a caller is calling in about, hey, what if there was, like, a... Uh, 912 as like a gray area uh grant like takes the hostage story and runs with it uh to sydney's dismay yeah which you don't do yeah she as the producer she's like the the you know she's, she's trying her hardest to make this thing work she like yeah she is a, the, a wet blanket basically as a character like her her thing is to be like stop um, saying that the local drug dealers are setting landmines in front of their house and running with the police hostage story that we don't have any information on. Uh, just do the fucking news. Yeah, it's called being a normal person. It's called being professional. <laughs> um, during another Sunshine Chopper segment, she's like, Hey, 
maybe don't talk about how, how all the local cops are drinking on the job because they are. One of them is my brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, she's like, they are actually. Don't joke about that. Um, I, I love that. I told you that I love that her job throughout the movie is to tell him all the local goss about every character. <laughs> Including the fact that the Sunshine Shopper is a Dodge Dart. Yeah, you need a friend to tell you every person who's an alcoholic. Yeah. And that the local weatherman uh, just parks his car on top of a hill. Yeah, that's the sunshine <laughs> chopper. Uh, Sydney is hearing from the cops that it's real weird out there. Uh, and Ken Loney reports that an unruly crowd has gathered outside a dirty doctor's office. And how many people could this possibly be in this small town there? He says later that it's hundreds. I know. Like, is it hundreds? How big is could this it town? possibly uh yeah so his report is that there's like a possible riot situation he says people are getting killed and that there's a military convoy and vehicles are rolling in and then he dramatically gets cut off i'm gonna need ken to chill the fuck out for a second yeah and take your job seriously ken can you give me an honest clear appraisal of the situation if Um, you weren't ready to watch people die why are you on the radio why are you a local weatherman (laughs) All other people have seen at least one people, one person die. Is that your theory? Yeah. It's how you're ready. <laughs> it's how you know. It's how you know the weather. Hey, you want to see a dead body and become a local weatherman? Yeah. It's the test. <laughs> it's the spell. Uh, the crew doesn't really have any idea what's going on, and uh, they have no choice but to put on a local family production of Lawrence of Arabia while they scramble for more news. This is fucking crazy this is really weird it is just like a family dressed in um brown face bedouin garb uh singing into the radio station booth they look insane <laughs> yeah. i i want to know where these actresses are right now and if i can send them a picture on twitter and get them canceled <laughs> <laughs> listen it wasn't their decision i mean they could have not been in the movie mm. <laughs> Uh, one of these people is uh, the writer for the books. Notably, <laughs> not the, in blackface. Not, not in brown The face. only one who's not in brown he face. Got, he got out clean. <laughs> he got out of it, yeah. Um, one of the girls starts babbling and speaking nonsense, and the family, like, usher her away. No, I just think kids are like that. I think this is a normal thing that kids <laughs> would say. They would be like, um, Shani Sean, 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 Sean. <laughs> I mean, yes, that is what what the scene is playing as is like you know as the viewer that you're in a horror movie and this is weird and sinister, but this is the kind of thing that gets brushed off as brown, oh, that that brown, kid was weird. Brown cow, say how now? Like they kids yeah. say shit like that all the time. They're on the radio. They're nervous. The whole local community's listening. <laughs> you just gotta nod your head and say okay. <laughs> um. They get a call from another local, which immediately just turns into mindless screams. Uh, And they can't seem to get anyone coherent on the line, but they get news that as many as 75 people are supposedly dead and twice as many wounded. That's a a big number. That's a big number. If, like, 80 people died... Right now? Like, right now? Right here? (laughs) In my local community? I would know about it. It would be a big fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. For a long time, uh, they get on the local constable who says people are repeating words and attacking people. 
there's a mob of people attacking a car. They're imitating windshield wipers. What does that sound like? I, I need to hear what that's like. Uh, suddenly they get a call from the BBC. Uh, they have broken what is apparently rapidly becoming a global news story. <laughs> I don't think they would get onto this this fast. Uh, the BBC reporter says that the military is setting up a perimeter and separatist terror groups may be involved. The French Canadians are at it again. What? What is this? The CNN? <laughs> We're just saying shit. Uh, Grant's really starting to get freaked out here. I love, like, his various freaked out faces he makes. Yeah, he's just like, okay, I'm out. He he just gets, like, super bug-eyed and just like... Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh, they finally get Ken Loney back on the line, who is sobbing and hiding in a grain (laughs) silo. Come on, Ken! Uh, he says people are naked and eating people? Uh, they're pulling people out of cars and biting them? They're biting them. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, they're biting them. Uh, And Ken is attacked by a local boy uh, who's like broken his wrists trying to attack Ken. They keep calling him like a big boy. Uh, Yeah, they they go out of their way to be like, oh. That's what's her face's big son. That's a big son. I was someone's big son once. Yeah. You still are. Yeah. At the end of the day. <laughs> That's right. Uh, suddenly a French announcement comes over the loudspeaker in the station. Yeah, Canada. Uh, the announcement tells people to refrain from terms of endearment, talking to children, and the English language in general. And also... Don't translate this. <laughs> yeah, which is funny. Uh, and they get a message that Pontypool is under quarantine and they are not to go outside. Relatable. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that totally happened. <laughs> uh, Ken calls back and plays an audio of the big boy uh, calling for help in a baby's voice. Yeah, it sounds like a little tiny baby. He's like, help me, help me. He sounds, he sounds like Vincent Price's The Fly when he's the help size me. of a fly. <laughs> Uh, uh, this really freaks Grant the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, especially, he uh, particularly loses it when Sydney says the BBC is reporting on Honey the Missing Cat. <laughs> He's like, okay. That, yeah, Honey the Missing Cat was one step too He's far. He's like, alright, somebody's fucking pranking me. I need to, like, leave the station and see what's going on for my own eyes. So he, like, takes a one step out of the building uh, and a bunch of people in a mob uh, crowd around the building and yeah. start to attack. And he's like, okay, uh, close it, closing all the doors up. Uh, we're in danger. This is for real. This Ugh. is really happening. I got a message about a missing pet the other day. Oh, that's sad. I, I went on to the account, missing since last year. Oh, I don't think you're finding yeah. the missing cat. That dog's dead, bro. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway... Just, you know, natural conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever wondered what living with Opal is like occasionally? I do just say <laughs> stuff like that. I think I, I told you the other day that I started watching videos of every white person pulled off of an airplane by police. <laughs> just until for fun. two in the morning. Just to, like, get yourself to sleep. And you're like, I love you. <laughs> That's right. I married you for a reason. I, yeah. And because I say awful things. <laughs> You say and do horrible deeds. 
Anyway. Uh, with nothing left to do, they decide to uh, just get back to business and go live announcing obituaries of confirmed dead local townspeople. This is also kind of crazy. <laughs> this is a comedy sketch. Doing, like, <laughs> zombie deaths in real time as obituary announcements, like... Yeah, uh, she's survived by her husband who killed all of them. <laughs> yeah, she was survived briefly by her husband, Gary, who died... Moments uh, later, moments by later, her hand. At the hands of local community members, the Johnsons, who, who were then killed. <laughs> by, by their children. Yeah, it is, it, it is just funny. We, have, we also have B-roll of dour-looking Canadian people. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> That's great. Uh, while trying to calm each other down, uh, Laurel Ann starts repeating words, uh, babbling. She's staring into space. Yeah, she's fucking done. Uh, just then, Dr. Mendez sneaks in. He's the doctor who everyone was trying to get into his office earlier. Yeah, he just comes in through the window very casually, like he belongs there. He was writing bad prescriptions. The community doesn't like him. Oh, who isn't? <laughs> He's, he's arrived in the movie to tell us how viral diseases work. I know. I, I think a little bit of this exposition part with him in it is weaker because he is a slightly weaker actor, but... Yeah. Um, Laurel Ann is imitating the sound of the teapot. Yeah, she she turns off the teapot and the sound keeps going and it's her, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy. Uh, Mendez ushers Sydney into the soundproof booth uh, and explains to her and Grant that Laurel Ann is sick. Uh... He says, she doesn't know it yet, but she's hunting us, which is a great line. Yeah, I, I also like that Laurel Ann gets infected because uh, Sydney keeps calling her sweetheart, which, like, <laughs> if you know, that's, like, what sets it off. It's a term of endearment. Yeah. Uh, uh, they go live with Mendez so that he can, like, explain what is going on. Uh, as Laurel Ann starts throwing herself against the glass trying to get in. Yeah. Uh... Ken calls back. He says that crowds are going by outside and chanting, but quickly uh, he kind of devolves into babble and repeating the word simple, sample, simple, simple. Yeah, he, <laughs> you, you can tell that he's infected now because yeah. they just start saying, like, nothing phrases. Yeah, it's time to, like, nail down, like, what's going on. So they give you, like, two or three examples of, like, someone yeah, getting they, sick. They give you the doctor and they give two people <clears throat> it happening to. Yeah, so they so they can, like, explain it. Uh, Sydney starts to tear up and is like, yeah, you know, I knew Ken for 17 years and he was a pedophile. Yeah, she just casually <laughs> drops this shit. Like, hot goss from Sydney. She's like, yeah, he didn't do anything, but we didn't let our kids hear him. It's like, <laughs> oh my god. It is just like the Uncle Mo speech from fucking Secession. Like, yeah. Ken was a man and now he is dead. And we are all sad. <laughs> Um, Laurel Ann has chewed her tongue off or something. Yeah, her mouth is all fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Um, this gives uh, Mendez a sudden realization. He says that um, it is a viral disease of words. Some words are infected and they uh, are contaminated when they're spoken uh, and it spreads. And Grant's like, well, <laughs> I don't even believe in UFOs, so <laughs> cool it, man. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the god bug. <laughs> Uh, but Mendez is like, oh, it must be that when you understand the word, that's when the virus, like, takes hold and copies itself. And that's why people keep repeating the word over and over. 
He's really tickled about everything that's happening with Laurel Land, by the way. He's just, I don't know what he's eating, but it looks like he's, he's eating just like, something. He's just, he's just like, like snacking check on something. This out. Like, oh, this, she's doing something very interesting now. Like, look, she's an look at aide. This. <laughs> uh, so Grant is like, at this point, well, maybe we just shouldn't talk. Yeah, and, maybe you shouldn't be talking. And Mendez is like, uh, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> we should not be talking. Um,. Sydney gets a call from her kids who uh she she says honey and sweetie as many times as possible. Yeah, and like the the kid implied like uh breaks down and becomes a zombie in real time yeah, over yeah, the phone I think, call. I think that is the implication. Um Laurel Ann is uh attacking the glass some more. She has like ripped her whole mouth open. Yeah, it's like when when a dog has something, it's like, what do you have? What do you have? <laughs> Um, Sydney loses connection with her daughter, and Laurel Ann projectile vomits a bunch of blood. I love whenever this happens <laughs> in, in a movie. Uh, and Mendes is like, oh, that's so fascinating. This is what happens when the victim can't spread yeah, the disease. It's a little chunky, too. It's got, like, some stuff in it. Yeah, it's some spew. <laughs> for sure. Uh, a mob gathers outside the booth and starts banging on the glass as they've gotten in to the station. Uh... And using pen and paper, they discuss a plan to escape the, I don't know, I guess we can call them zombies. I think they're in, I read that they're called conversationalists in this one. But we can call them zombies. Yeah, I'm going to call them zombies. I, every zombie movie has a new name for them. So we're, we're calling them zombies. Yeah, there's like some interesting stuff here. Like they talk about like, oh, can they read lips or not? And it's like. I don't know if we ever get an answer to that. No. Um. But they they come up with a plan. Uh, there's like a loudspeaker outside the building that they can project their messages to. So Grant repeats, Sydney Breyer is alive. And then Sydney loops the message so that it will play outside and draw the mob away. Uh, all this time, Mendez has been like slowly infected uh, with a word. I think you could read it as that or he's just kind of like that. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely playing it both ways, like... You, as the audience, knowing that it is about words repeating, are like, like he is oh. repeating stuff and he is acting erratic, but that could just be him. Yeah. Um. Uh, at this point, he starts to get pretty bad, though, and he starts to speak Armenian. Uh, and he, he I didn't know what it was. The <laughs> the summary explained to me that it was okay. Armenian. I, I don't know that just by listening, but um. He, he, like, starts to get excited as he's talking, and it's almost like he, because you've seen him speak in English, you realize, like, what his affect is yeah. a little bit, and it carries over uh -huh. to another language. So you can't tell if it's like, oh, he's having a breakthrough, and he's speaking in Armenian, or, oh, he's turning into, like, a zombie and babbling or something. I mean, that's how I read it, because yeah. he, he <clears throat> does, everyone does say that it, only English is affected, so yeah. him, by him speaking Armenian at all, it's kind of like, well, he's probably okay. Yeah, I think he even, like, says this at some point, because Sydney and Grant start to uh, talk in French <laughs> uh, very badly. It's not the best French, but I can't say anything. My, my <laughs> French isn't that good either. I have no French. Uh, so they decide, okay, they're going to try to sneak out while, uh, you know, the zombies are distracted outside. And Mendez stays in the booth. Um, but, oh no, a little zombie girl attacks, and they have to kill her. <laughs> they fucking kick the shit out of this little racist girl. <laughs> they have to kick her to death. 
it's it doesn't show anything, but it shows them kicking her. My favorite part of this is immediately afterward they have an argument about who killed her who or not. Who killed the girl? Uh, and who should kill Mendez? Should he become like a zombie? Yeah, the answer is <laughs> if Sydney killed the girl, then she should also kill the doctor. So that but only if, one of them will be a killer. But but if but if Mazzy killed the girl, she should also kill the doctor. <laughs> so that it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either way, she should do it. <laughs> Um, just then the power goes out and the looped recording stops, um, leading to all the zombies kind of pouring back in. Um, the trio hide in a supply closet, uh, and Mendez decides to lure the zombies away to save, uh, Sydney and Grant. Yeah, so I, I think he was good in the end, but who knows what happened to him after he went outside. Yeah, I think he, like, my read of the situation was, like, he knew that the virus had, like, got him a little bit, because he keeps saying breathe, uh, but he's like, I still have it enough together, and maybe these two can figure it out and I can save them by yeah. luring the, the yeah, monsters Yeah, that also away. works. Yeah. Um, so alone, they kind of hole up in the... Radio station. Uh, Sydney writes on the wall, My name is Sydney Breyer, and today I killed a girl. I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. They they immediately cut to her, like, slumped against the wall, like, hours later, and the wall is covered in writing. <laughs> yeah, like, like a, what's his name, cell in the mouth of madness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she, she is also drinking. Which I don't uh, yeah. know if that's a good idea necessarily, but also if you're just gonna die, maybe. Yeah, but uh, Grant have, hasn't given up. He um, is like thinking to himself, and he starts kind of like talking out loud, and he's like, "How do you ununderstand a word? What does that mean? Uh, could it be repeating words? Like I used to say words when I was a kid over and over until they didn't mean anything anymore. But they repeat words, and it doesn't work." Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and, yeah. and Sydney's like, "Okay, now you're talking a lot." <laughs> Yeah, we're we're theorizing out loud how to how to make this work. Yeah, um, Sydney though starts repeating the word "kill," uh, and Grant, kind of desperate to not lose her, keeps repeating like, "No, no, no! Kill isn't kill. Uh, kill is love. Kill is baby. <laughs> <laughs> kill is baby." Uh, and then he finally settles on like, "Kill is kiss," and he keeps repeating it over and over again. And eventually, he asks her like. What is kill? And she manages to say kiss and then kill me. And then they kiss. And then which they is kiss. Super corny it city. Is, it is extremely corny, very writerly obvious shit to do. I right? know. Like that's the joke, right? It's interesting because these two characters have not had like any tension whatsoever. No, there's really no chemistry between them until like this stuff starts happening. Which I think even like she has a husband and kids already, but it's kind of like, well, I think it we're is, gonna die. I think it is more like they are both desperate and like their only refuge in this moment is in each other. Yeah, they and, only have each other. Yeah, so you know, typical end of the world shit. Yeah. Um, suddenly they start to feel a little bit better, and they're like convinced that they've figured out the cure. Uh, and Grant, in particular, is, like, really determined. He's like, no, I gotta do one last broadcast. One last job. I gotta save the world, this kid. Is, yeah, <laughs> there's there's some cheesiness at the end, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think this is interesting as, like, a character foible for this guy. Because, like, I think this movie deeply believes, right, that, like, Grant, this, like, kind of ridiculous shock jock, is, like... 
And he's impor- the front lines in the, in the <laughs> information machine. Yeah, he talks to you straight. He doesn't take no prisoners. Yeah, which uh, I mean is an important job for like media and journalism, but also. So it, it wants to frame him as the, like this heroic guy, but really what he is is he's a guy who like reports on the local news too much. <laughs> like, I don't know. And is kind of an asshole, you know? Like. <laughs> But he has to be, like, you know, the hero at the end of the movie. Also, I think part of it is literally just, like, the performance is so charming, you kind of can't help but root he, for him. He is charming. Yeah. Um, so he, he gives his final broadcast, uh, and he tries to explain to people what's going on, but because he needs to explain that, like, oh, you need to kind of, like, recontextualize words, it ends up coming out as, like, babble or nonsense Yeah, speak. it sounds like... He is infected. Yeah. Um, uh, the French-Canadian uh, like military police who are in a helicopter outside start calling in and they're like, Hey, we're going to fucking kill you. <laughs> Stop broadcasting. Yeah. Um, and they're like, literally, you French can hear them. French and serious. You can hear them like mowing people down outside. <laughs> uh, Which you, you would. Yeah. Um. Uh, Grant pleads for them to stop killing because you're just killing scared people. Like you always have. I know we're saying stuff. <laughs> they were never making. We were never making sense in the first place, man. Armageddon. That's just another day in Pontypool. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. It's just the end of the day. I, I like that line. My name is Grant Mazzy, and I'm still here, cocksuckers. <laughs> As uh, a French-Canadian voice uh, over a loudspeaker starts counting down <laughs> from ten. Knew it. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, okay. So, sorry, I didn't know what came after that. <laughs> it's, it's all right. You, you tried. <laughs> um, and uh, we kind of cut to uh, credits at this point. And over the credits we get, we hear... A news broadcast, like, explaining the events of what is dubbed the Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah, and there's kind of the question, like, has this spread any, anywhere else? Did we did we contain it? Yeah, it's interesting because they're like, oh, we did it. We contained it. But then there's like, oh, this other town had, like, similar events happening. And then, like, by the end, the BBC journalist is like repeating words yeah so it is like a very like kind of nihilistic like the world ended because nobody could like interpret grant's heroic final message kind of a thing yeah and i mean this is definitely kind of set up for a sequel which they have been talking about doing for a long time basically since this came out yeah uh, i don't know a lot about like what the books are like because i I know, like, the first, this is, like, very loosely adapted from the first one, but it is, like, a Pontypool trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do even get, like, an after-credits sting in, like, black and white with Granted Sydney doing, um... What a wi- different movie. What Wikipedia calls improvisational roleplay. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that's, that's the end of the movie. Uh, that was Pontypool. How did you, how did it take you this time? I still like this movie a lot. I like this movie. It's... I, I'm just super charmed by it. I love when low budget makes the right move of just like, we're going to stick in this one place and we're going to yeah. take advantage of this one setting we have. It is a movie that basically entirely takes place in one room. There are maybe four characters in it. Yeah, and I love the approach of getting like the stories secondhand from the outside. Yeah. And it feels like 
you're you're just as lost as everyone else. Yeah, I think there's like I think they have lots of good little moments of that where like okay, at first it's like we're sitting down, we're bringing the news to everybody else. We're the most informed. We're like listening to the police scanner. We've got like everything. And then it quickly becomes like we don't have any no, fucking idea what's going on. No one knows anything. No one knows anything to the point where like the BBC call and they're like, hey, you broke the story. Can you explain what's going on? And they're like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I love, like, the escalation. I love how fast it escalates. Like, we we blew through the plot a little bit. And it is because this movie is just, like, a straight line. It, it is really just, like, is. There's not a lot that actually happens in it. A lot of it is building tension and atmosphere in the radio station yeah and it's all really good like i think um all the calls with ken loney and the sunshine chopper uh are good like even when you know he's like trying to play like a, a kid's death rattle or something over the yeah, phone yeah the characters are telling him no but me the audience is telling him yes yes i want to hear it yeah um so i think that's that's all super good um the, like, stuff with the zombies that they, like, do show, I think, is pretty creepy and unsettling. Um, I love that there's a blood spew moment that her yeah. she just explodes into blood. I do love that we managed to get, like, a big, like, gore effect scene as, like, a big... Uh, yeah, because uh, there wasn't going to be a lot of that just by merit of kind of how it is, but... Yeah, because we never see, like, uh, 200 zombie people piling on top of a car, but by describing it your imagination kind of, like, fills in the gap, right? Yeah, yeah. They're described as pulling people out of the car onto the ground with their mouths, which yeah. I think is very visceral. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's all, like... Like animals. Yeah, that's all really, like, you imagine it, and it's just, like, all the more unsettling by not showing it to you. And I think the tone just works really well. Yeah, and it, I mean, I feel like <clears throat> that's a reflection of, at the end of the day, zombie movies are never about zombies. They're no, just not. They're really they're not. not. Like, it's weird, like, Like, okay. no one's ever looked at a zombie and been, like, scared of it. I want, I want to talk about this for a second, because I remember being, like, 12 in the mid-2000s, and it was, like, or in the late 2000s, I guess, at that point, and it was, like, zombies had happened. We were obsessed with zombies. We were obsessed with zombies. Like, the Walking Dead and all that happened. The cultural discussion around zombies, I think, was, like, so bad. It was, like... Oh, what about fast zombies versus slow zombies? <laughs> what are the rules with zombies? Like, all of this stuff and just, like, the stuff that is actually yeah, interesting. Yeah, once we're making zombie land, that's too far with the zombies. I yeah, feel. yeah, I, I, I think so. Like, I think this one, like, okay, it has kind of a unique take on it. Like, yeah, even in universe, they're like not exactly zombies, right? But you get the idea; they're no, effectively and I zombies. I feel like I feel like that is like the post-zombie movie zombie in general. Like we're not calling them zombies. Yeah. We won't say the the Z word they have, to borrow a Canadian terms. <laughs> they have different rules for they, how they, they work. They have different rules, but, but they're by all purposes zombies. How how do you feel about the whole like language poison? Theme? Like what do you what is that? What is, like, your read on that? Like, I mean, it has a lot to do with, like, we're talking about radio and how, like, I guess how media kind of changes us in a lot of ways. Like, we're, we're commenting a lot about the role in, like, telling a story during hard times and, like, 
saying things until they don't mean anything anymore. Like, it is about good news, bad news a little bit, I feel. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they want to to put this, like, small news station as, like, a a boring but, like, important thing to exist, basically. Um, both, like, from kind of Grant's angle where he's like, I want to be a truth teller and talk about all the people out there that are suffering and the police violence, man. But then also from Sydney's angle where she's like, yeah, but, like, parents do need to know, like, is the school fucking closed <laughs> yeah. or not? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> So I think both of those are kind of, like, interesting. I think the idea of, like, oh, the zombies, like, repeat things, and they babble, and they don't make sense, and the question of, like, what does it mean to make sense with language, right? What does it make, what does it mean to, like, be able to communicate with other people and have them understand, and, like, what would it mean for that to break down? in society is like an interesting question you know because we all are just repeating things at the end of the day that we've heard already yeah like Um, no one's no one's opinion on anything has ever been unique like this movie i think is trying to ask you the question like all right yeah um the 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 horror that is happening is like people are attacking other people and biting them to death right but they're like, biting them. They're biting them. <laughs> um, but is there anything that different about the way they communicate than the way that, that people do? Like, is Yeah, and I can see this being, like, maybe, like, in advance, advance, in, like, borrowing other, like, zombie movie kind of conventions. Maybe this just is the next step for what the human race <laughs> looks like. Like, in, in a girl with all the gifts fashion, I guess. Yeah, the idea that, like, oh, you just need to, like, break down your your word associations and and just be a little bit more, like, free. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. In that way, I do feel like there is, like, a a tinge of, like, a certain, like, libertarian kind of (laughs) firebrandy ideology in this movie, especially when it comes to, like, making your main character this shock shock guy. Yeah, we're talking talking about radio hosts here. Yeah, like, the idea that, like, oh, what the world really needs is somebody who doesn't care about your word associations, man, who just tells you, like, it is. Uh, You gotta listen to them. Um, So I think there is some of that going on, but it it all manages to be so, like, charming. Um, And I think there is, like, a lot of meaning there outside of that read that like it doesn't bother me so much that that's yeah. like sitting there on the table um i'm so, okay with it i you know i like that it's like you could think about it a lot you could have lots of like different thoughts about it but i don't think the movie is like necessarily telling you too much like i don't think you necessarily this is how have you should to. feel I think, about I think it. you could just take it in as a normal <clears throat> like infected movie also. yeah yeah, I, I think the movie is, like, not trying to be too preachy about it, but trying to provoke you to think about it. No, no, yeah, I, I feel that too. It, it wants to, like, show you, you know, words and images that get you to, to be intellectually stimulated and feel feelings, but without, like, you know, putting yeah. you, you could have in a, a box. You could, have a, you could have a deeper read on it, but yeah. also it's just fine as just a zombie movie. Yeah, uh, which is, I think, like, what all zombie movies aspire to be. A little bit. You know? I don't find myself uh, liking or finding much different with a lot of them. A lot of them do not get there. I, I feel yeah. like this is kind of like one of my favorite ones, yeah. oddly enough, because there is enough like weird about it. This is definitely like where you want to land on things, I, I think. Yeah. Um, should we 
Should we rate the film? Let's get into numbers and stuff. Let's commit it to numbers. Let's go. Our numbers words? Yes. You have to speak them out loud. Not everything you speak out loud is a word. Yeah, it is. That's not a word. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. That's an exclamation. <laughs> First up is the spookiness rating. How good were these? Scares the vibes. Opal, what would you give it? Uh, I think like a three for vibes. I think the, the atmosphere building is really good. I like the being kind of stuck in one place kind of vibe. And kind of the hopelessness of that. I, uh, I like the way this movie taps into the feeling that um, I feel like a lot of people tend to have, especially now with like Twitter and social media where like... Oh, this would be crazy if Twitter <laughs> was happening at the same time in the background. That feeling of like, I'm here, I'm like, I don't know, stuck at work for eight hours or whatever. And then and, something terrible and happens. the world is exploding, like not that far away from me and there's nothing that I can do about it and... Uh, it's completely out of control and nobody understands what's going on. I, yeah. I, I love that feeling. Uh, it's not like as overtly scary of a movie, but I like the stuff that is in there. Um, it's not, you know, it's not hitting my head, me over the head with it, but I, no. I do think it's um, unsettling even for like a pretty slow build movie. So yeah, yeah I, I like three, four. I love a slow burn. Yeah. Next up is watchability. How easy is it to just throw this movie on and have a good time? I think this is an easy one for me. I would say maybe a four because I'll basically always watch this movie and I've watched it way too many times. Yeah, um, I think like like you said, I think it's rewatchable. Like on the second watch, I was able to enjoy a lot of what was going on. But I remember like my first watch, I was also like surprised by a lot of the stuff. I think there's a few things that end up feeling, uh, like you said, a little corny. Like the so, so it has a weaker final act. I will say yeah. that I think the tension building in the first part is way way better. But also, <laughs> like it's 96 minutes. I think you could have gotten this down to 90 minutes. Yeah, perhaps. But also, it's one of those that I think you do see things to point at and go, "Oh, that's a thing." When you see it more than once. Yeah, for sure. And there's, there's a lot of, like, um, little things that are, like, pretty obvious when you're paying attention to the movie, but that add, like, a little bit of, like, texture to it. Like, people just subtly repeating words and things like that, and you catching it early and stuff yeah. like that. So, uh, so yeah, I would give it, I, I think four is good for it. I think it's a pretty watchable movie. I think, um, uh, McHattie as the main guy is super watchable. Um, I think, like, all of the goofy... Like, uh, radio stuff is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads us into the Vincent Price vamp rating, the campiness, and overall performances. I think it's got to be a three for me. I love I love Grant Mazzy. He, yeah. he is great. Yeah. I think the other characters maybe not as strong, but he holds it together pretty well. I, I actually think he's almost a little bit too good. For the movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I almost... I, I mean, I, I could understand that at times. Like, he does have, like, a certain energy about him that's a little bit more than maybe the other actors are giving. But... I, 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 like, I almost... Also, that works for me because he's the radio host. He's supposed yeah. to be like that. No, it's true. It's true. But I do find myself, like, at times going, like, man, 
Uh, I would enjoy this performance a lot more if like the people around him were were meeting it or had the potential to, or if it was toned down just a tiny bit just to be a little bit more in line with the other people. But that said, I love Mazzy in the morning. I love his yeah. stupid speeches. I love all of that stuff. He does have some good speeches. Good. They they nailed casting this guy as a radio host because he does have that voice. He That's does really he's good. Got the voice it. right down here, yeah. Grant Mazzy in the morning. Yeah. I, like, I, I can say that I don't have a voice for radio, but I do have a voice <laughs> for podcasting. <laughs> Your voice uh, just tickles the listener's ears with delight. Like that? We'll, we'll, see, if, we'll see how that goes. That <laughs> it. See if I leave that part in? Uh, no, yeah, I think, like, I'm a little bit of a sucker for the shock jock character. I just find it super charming. I would yeah, I this... like it. I, I know all those guys are just like that. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think yeah, I agree. It's like, it's like a three. Um, Maybe, I'm gonna, I almost want to, like, push it up to a four just to give it, like, a bonus point somewhere or something. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, in between yeah. there for me. I think officially I'll give it a three, but. Yeah, there are also just a lot of parts of the movie that are just funny. It is like, a funny it, it's movie. It's just a funny movie. It's a it's a super funny movie actually. I think like they managed to find like a lot of lots of little like um bits of humor in unexpected places where you're not just like expecting the joke necessarily yeah. and then it hits you and you're just like laughing to yourself like this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um so yeah. Very very dark humor movie for sure. Yeah. But I I'm tickled by that stuff so <laughs> Um, but, you know, I think it still manages to be charming, despite, yeah. like, yeah, being pretty dark um, <laughs> and pretty, like, pessimistic overall. Like, I mean, I'm fine with that. I, that's my yeah. worldview all the way. <laughs> I hate everyone. <laughs> well, all right. Oh, well, I think, uh, I think it's time. Is it time to pull out a toy? Time to pull out a toy. Bring me the movie sack. Bring me the movie sack. You sound so sickly. It's time to pull out a movie. <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> All right, so this is uh, the movie sack segment. This is the part of the show where we pull a movie out of a literal sack. Opal, you prepare the sack. You, uh, yeah, I've fluffed it. I've fluffed it full of movies. You stuff it full of bits. Yeah. Uh, next week, we'll be watching Final Destination. That's another movie with too many Canadians in it, but I don't know if it's Canadian or not. We So, listeners, um, I think we have been, the two of us, have been a little burnt out on Final Destination as of late, but we like the Final Destination franchise. Yeah, I'm excited for a new one to come out. This is one where, like, we randomly like watched all the final destination movies in like one day uh and then did i don't know if that's possible maybe a weekend it it was a lot it was like we watched like we were we did just do back to back to back though and we're not really the types to do that we're like a one movie per evening kind of household like well we've done it enough times now that i can (laughs) say that we'll do it sometimes i think these are super watchable i think this will be a lot of fun see i thought the first one would be a good one to do because it's the most like a movie (laughs) (laughs) yes i'll agree with you uh, so I look forward to Final Destination uh, sometime next week. And uh, 
Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Uh, Opal, where can people find you online? You can find me right here. Hey. <laughs> you can find me at opal.card.co. In the morning. <laughs> anytime, really, in the <laughs> evening as well. But also, you can find the podcast Twitter at ScaryPair. That's right. If you want to follow that. Yeah, tell your friends about the show. We enjoy having more listeners. Tell everyone you can. Anyone who won't be, like, offended by me saying that someone's dog died. Just keep repeating Scary Pair. Scary Pair. Scary Pair. Scary Pair. We're, scary we're, Pair. We're putting it out on the waves and you have to repeat it now because yeah, we've you infected are all of you. infected. <laughs> this was highly irresponsible, but it benefits us in a lot we've of ways. We've done it. Uh, <laughs> what about you? You've got new stuff going on. Yeah, so uh, I'm at putrid underscore imp and puppeteer click on Twitter. I have another show level with you pod or World of Warcraft classic podcast where we play a few hours of that and talk about it. I also uh, have started, if you're into competitive Magic the Gathering, uh, I've started to interview a few of my friends who are like, uh mtg personalities uh, my first episode with my friend jerry thompson who's a former magic pro uh just went up on i think uh you can find my links and stuff on that on puppeteer click click is in the group of people uh, on my twitter and i'm gonna do another one with carmen uh handy of wizards of the coast uh that one's already recorded look forward to that uh in the coming week look at you doing your little projects and your cute little things doing my little work yeah my little labors your little fun stuff you record just like you're doing now that's so adorable that's right (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway that's the show um opal you look like those cactus toys that like I'm doing a little scare, dance right now. Scare babies too much. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to scare babies? I'm ready to scare you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that strong. <laughs> uh goodbye everybody. Bye.